Hey church, happy Thursday. Welcome to another episode of the Discipleship Webcast. I'm Alex and I'm excited to be back on the webcast and joined by our MACD Simple Church Regional Directors, Lisa and Graham White. How you guys doing? Great. Doing well. Excited to be on the webcast? Yeah. Yes, awesome. <laughs> I'm really excited. Lisa, can you give us a little sneak peek? What are we talking about tonight? Yeah, so we're going to be talking about four lessons that we've learned in our experiences as co-laborers in discipleship. Awesome. It's going to be great. I know that you guys are excited, so get settled in and we'll be right back after this. Let me show you what I mean. What I got is the new thing. Listen up, I'm gonna say it all right now. Let's get to some news of the week. So, Graham, what do we have first up? Yes, news of the week. Our All Regions stream is yeah, coming yeah. up this Sunday. So excited. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel with a twist. With a twist. We're going to see, yeah, with a twist. I know. You got to tune in. We're going to see some new segments, including a live pre-roll. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be beautiful. And we're starting a new series. So that is something to be excited about, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Are are yeah. Are. I thought you were going to what it is, but oh, we'll no. wait until Sunday. I have, <laughs> I have no idea, so you got you to gotta tune in to find out. <laughs> that is awesome. Looking forward to Sunday, guys. Also want to let you know that we have uh, Mel and the SME team have put together some Welcome Week training, because think about it, in less than two months... Our students are coming back to our campuses, and it's really exciting. And so we want to be ready to invite them in, in into relationship and into our church family. And so there is an engaged course that all of our Simple Church leaders, you guys are going to be enrolled into this weekend. It's a Welcome Week training course. And so we're going to ask you between now and the beginning of Welcome Week to work through that module actually with your whole Simple Church family. So that as a simple church, you guys can start to make some plans, get excited about what you can do to meet and invite students into your simple church when Welcome Week happens. So again, be on the lookout for that starting this weekend and make some plans between now and let's say the beginning of August to work through that with your with your simple church family. It's going to be awesome. Okay, celebration. We have a, a number of things we want to celebrate. The first is the International Student Canada Day celebration was a huge, huge success. We have a picture, uh, one of many. I'm sure there are some uh, happening on Discord as well. But I just want to celebrate the whole church family for rallying behind this, but especially Claire and Nicole and the leaders who really put in a ton of work and prayer to, to pull this off and to give our international students a chance to meet people in our church family and experience a great day celebrating Canada Day. So thanks so much, guys. It was awesome. Really encouraged to see that happening last week. Yeah. Next up, we have our UTM Prayer Walk. It was amazing to see so many of us gathered on campus at UTM, mm -hmm. praying over the campus, praying over everyone involved on campus, staff, students, um, and, and what's going to be taking place there in September uh, as we prepare to send Shane and his team, which it's is awesome. super exciting. Really, really cool. Also, we have a picture, a couple pictures here, actually, of the York fam. They had a barbecue potluck this past weekend, and just really cool to see new invitations being made, people hanging out, having a good time, sharing a meal. And so look at that picture, those smiling faces. What an awesome encouragement. You guys are the greatest. Keep it up. Uh, we love you, and that's really encouraging to see you guys. Yeah, and then lastly, we want to celebrate all of the worship gatherings that are happening across our regions. I think the photo here is from our MACD family. Uh, so yeah, just so proud to see so many people just collectively worshiping our God together. Absolutely. And we would love to know what you guys are celebrating in your simple churches this week. So drop that in the chat as we turn things over to not one, not two, but three celebration videos tonight from Amy, Josiah, and Mimi. Hi church, I just wanna celebrate the entire Guelph region. Um, since being at Lives Church and starting, I felt very included and experienced the share and caring nature of 
Guelph and Live Church in general and just want to celebrate the people who have made me feel included and part of the church. My name is Josiah. I'd like to celebrate Jess Havercamp for opening up her backyard Sunday after service for Maxie to have a barbecue and for Caleb Graham who made delicious hamburgers and hot dogs and for everyone who came and brought snacks and drinks. Our celebration on July 1st brought together people from all regions. It allowed us to meet um, international students from places like Costa Rica, Colombia, Nigeria, Iran, China, India, um, and it was just a great time to meet new people and also build on past relationships. <laughs> guys well welcome back we have a special treat for our interview tonight i am joined by the one and only steven kessler steven how you doing man hey alex i'm doing awesome how about you i'm doing good uh it's it's so great to see your smiling face i feel like i haven't seen you in, in it's been way too long let's just say that it's been way too long yeah no, it's been a good while. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a good minute. Uh, Stephen, you're joining us tonight. We appreciate it. We're talking about tilling, which you and Cassie and the team, of course, are doing down at Waterloo. Um, could you just start by kind of quickly describing for us what what is tilling, basically, and, and why did you and Cassie decide to do that at Waterloo? Yeah, so... Tilling really simply is, is just a process where we as a church send um, members of our family to a different campus, a different city to um, start a new simple church, basically do the exact same thing uh, as a simple church that you're already doing, just in a different place. Um, we, we decided to do that because obviously that's, you know, we felt like that's what God wanted us to do. And um, you know, we really believe in what we're doing as a church uh, family and, and how we've been seeing people come to know Jesus through our simple churches and through tilling. Yeah, absolutely. And from your experience, like, why is it effective? Um, why is it the, the church planting strategy we've adopted? Um, why do you think that's a good move? For sure. Um there's a couple of reasons. A really practical one, firstly, is that it's um, it's really simple and it's it's really cost effective. Like it takes minimal time and resources to actually do. So, me and Cassie coming here, um, you know, it doesn't take all this time to to really train us up to you know spend all the money to get us going like mm. that's not an obstacle so it's it's practically really effective um you don't you don't have to be someone really special or qualified other than you know just being a qualified as a believer and a and a member of the family um and and i think we've adopted that as a church because um it empowers everyone in our church to go and and make disciples and see people made fully alive in the hope of Jesus. It's, it's really practical. Anyone can like me and Cassie can put up our hands and just say, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you guys are pretty special, but I definitely, I know what you're saying. That's awesome. Anyone, anyone can go and do it. <laughs> um, so thinking about Shane and Carol and Andrew, the UTM team in particular, how can we as a church, just like from what you've experienced, how can we really support them in what they're doing in this new campus this fall? Yeah, um, there's a few ways. The first one obviously is praying. Um, pray, pray a lot and pray often. Um, there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that Shane and the team will do without without Christ, without the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, but through the Holy Spirit, they're gonna do amazing things. So pray for that filling of the Holy Spirit, pray that um, God will work through them, pray, pray for what they need, pray for what God's gonna do and, and do that a lot. Um, another really practical way is, is go visit them, spend time with them. I think one of the harder parts of tilling is leaving the family, um, you know, physically and yeah 
going somewhere else, it can be a little isolating and, and lonely at times. Um, so yeah, just go spend time with them, hang out with them, ask them how things are doing, invite them over. Um, and yeah, just be that, be that family from afar even. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last, last and really practical way you can help is go join them. Um, put up your hand and be part of the team. It's, it's a really, really important thing and a really helpful thing. I don't, I don't know that, um, we sometimes realize how important each individual on that team is because it's so much smaller. Like each person makes up so much more of that team. And um, sure. it's really important and really, really helpful to, uh, to come and join that team with them. Do you have any, on that note, do you have any final encouragements for anyone in our church who's maybe thought about tilling or being sent like that? Yeah. Um, there's a couple things. Like I said before, um, you don't have to be, you don't have to be special. You don't have to be, you know, some great whatever. And that's kind of the whole point. Like we're not great. We're not capable, um, without Christ and, Mm. and by God's grace, we, we actually are so capable and we're so, we're so great, not because of ourselves, but because of Christ in us. And that's, we were talking about that in our simple church huddle just yesterday, like that kind of that paradox as Christians, like we have nothing. Um, and so there's nothing to lose, but we have everything in Christ. So you can, you don't have to feel some pressure to do something, but just that obedience of saying, yeah, I'll go. Mm-hmm. God can do so much more than you can probably imagine um, just by your obedience and his grace. Yeah. So yeah, if it's something like you're thinking about or maybe it hasn't crossed your mind because it just seems like, no, that's, I can't do that. Think again, because we're, we're not special. (laughs) We can't do anything, but God, God lets us do awesome things. So. I love that reminder. That's so good. Um, the the power of that simple obedience. And it's so awesome. Stephen, it's great. It was great to talk to you just personally, but also I know this has been really encouraging for our church. So thanks so much, man. Let me just close in prayer for you and for Cassie and the, and the whole team there. Dear Jesus, I uh, just thank you so much for, for Stephen and for Cassie, for the, the whole family at Waterloo. Uh, Lord, I thank you for their willingness to, to go, to go to a new place and uh, to, do, to do the hard things that you've called them to do. But Lord, I thank you for their example of joy in you and their belief in simple obedience to what you, what you have before them. And so Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless them as they lead. Lord, continue to draw people uh, at that Waterloo campus towards yourself and, uh, and help them continue to call them into family, Lord. Thank you for tonight. I pray that this has been encouraging uh, to our church. Uh, Jesus, may you be glorified by everything that we're do on, doing on all of our campuses. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much, Stephen. It was great having you on, man. And yeah, uh, yeah and Cassie, Cassie, <laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. All right, we are going to turn things over to for our discipleship resource of the week. Okay, so for the resource of the week, we are going to highlight the super easy huddle guide. This is one of our older resources, and so we thought let's put it back onto our radar in case it's helpful for you. So if you guys go to engage and on your menu on the left, click on resources here. The super easy huddle guide is actually at the very bottom of your screen. So scroll all the way down to the bottom row. You'll find it there, this nice blue document. If you've never used this, I would really encourage you guys to download that tonight, this week. It can help 
you get out of if you're in a bit of a rut uh, on your scripture time and your huddle. This can really just help simplify things. If you are finding that you're spending way too much time and energy trying to prepare this brilliant thoughts for huddle, maybe follow the guide uh, and just kind of simplify it. And so basically it gives you a pretty straightforward format to use in your huddle. And really simply, it kind of takes you through this format where first you just start by sharing together uh, what's been challenging, what are you celebrating the past week. And then you're gonna read the passage that you've picked a couple times, go around maybe even a few different translations, have everybody take a minute and think, think of a, a paraphrase or a summary that how they would put the passage in their own words. So you're starting to internalize it a little bit. And then the next two parts are really kind of the key focus of the super easy huddle guide. And that is you're simply gonna ask, you're gonna spend some time talking about what does this passage tell us about God? And then what does this passage tell us about us, about the human condition? Talk about that, meditate on that for a little bit. And then finally, the really important part here is, okay, so based on this truth, what do I feel like, what do we feel like God is asking us to do to obey? And it's a really simple way to kind of just simplify the process of seeing, hearing what scripture is saying and allowing it to form us. Finally, take some time and think about who can I share this with in the multiplication side? Who can I share this truth with? So super easy huddle guide. If you guys have never used it, why not try it next week or so in your huddle? And you hope that you'll find that helpful. All right, I'm going to turn things over now to Ben from the Mohawk family, who has our daily Devo reflection. Hi, church. My name is Ben. I'm from Mohawk region. Today I'll be doing the Devo reflection on Jesus' statement to... Nathaniel at the end of John chapter 1 and how it connects to Jacob's dream in Genesis 28. Jesus said to Nathaniel that he will see the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now in Jacob's dream he saw the angels of God ascending and descending on a ladder or a staircase. I believe that Jesus is making the powerful statement that he is the staircase or that he will be replacing the staircase that the staircase is a prophecy predicting his coming or that it is representative of the old covenant and that Jesus will be the new mediator between heaven and earth, that through him God will be able to approach us in our sin and that we'll have the opportunity to be reconciled to him. I always find it encouraging to reminded of God's unfailing love and faithfulness. I hope the connection between these verses encourages you as well. Hello and welcome back. Here we are for the teaching portion of this evening. And tonight, we, Lisa and I wanted to share with you four life lessons that have come uh, from our struggles and our journey as co-leaders and co-laborers, as well as from our marriage. Yeah, so before we dive in, I just wanted to share a brief history of how Graham and I found ourselves in the Lift Church family. Our journey was a bit different than most um, in that we were both well past our undergrad uh, student days. Graham had signed on for a year-long apprenticeship uh, with Lyft, now termed the internship, I believe. Uh, and I, being four months pregnant with our yet unborn first daughter, uh, tagged along for the ride. Uh, and here we are years later, co-laboring together in ministry as regional directors of our McMaster D region. As an aside, I did actually meet Laura, one of our uh, lead pastors, years uh, and years ago when Lyft was first getting off the ground. Uh, she was living in student housing with a bunch of my undergrad friends, uh, but I never actually attended a service or engaged with Lyft at that point um, until much later. Uh, anyway, story time over. Um, let's move on to the teaching portion of the night. Graham, take it away. Okay. So to start things off, there are many things that Lisa and I have been learning about one another and about uh, discipleship and leadership as we've journeyed with you, our Lift Church family. Uh, the, and we wanted to start off with the kind of the greatest lesson um, 
that that we're kind of still still going through, um, and that is uh, that differences deepen discipleship. Differences deepen discipleship. By this, we mean that Lisa and I are two individual people with different interests, passions, areas of strength and growth. We took a quirky quiz, what uh, Power Ranger are you? And turns out we're different Power Rangers. Uh, but there are things that overlap, that uh, qualities that complement one another and strengthen one another, as well as some that are in tension, um, some opposing forces. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, in fact, I would venture to say that through our relatively brief time in co-ministry in this formalized way, um, our differences have never been more apparent to us. Uh, but we don't actually see this as a bad thing. Uh, it's a challenging thing. It's an aggravating thing sometimes. Um, and certainly something that requires effort in identifying and navigating and working through. But truly, we believe that God has built us uniquely and purposefully to serve his kingdom in our own unique ways. And that living on mission together through our marriage uh, is the best way to optimize our kingdom impact. Yes, as co-leaders, as co-laborers, uh, Lisa truly is the best person to, for me to learn and grow from, to be, uh, because I, I need someone who doesn't think like me in order to challenge me, uh, cause me to grow, reflect, um, and think about uh, uh, how to grow as a leader and as a disciple maker. Mm -hmm. It truly, sorry, it truly is, it truly is uh, our differences that help us grow. Um, so really practically, here's an illustration of how our differences truly deepen our shared discipleship. So my natural leaning is generally in the vicinity of being quite adherent to structure and formal processes. Uh, I'm a good communicator, I'm relatively detail-oriented, committed, task-based, a bit of a controlled freak if I'm being honest. Uh, Graham, on the other hand, uh, is this, <laughs> I'm sensing he, anyway, <laughs> I'll leave that. Uh, Graham, on the other hand, is this um, easy breezy, laid back, uh, nothing phases him, faithful, grace-filled, patience of Job kind of guy. And so naturally there are points of tension uh, as we seek to engage in this shared mission together. I often get quite despairing and frustrated uh, when our disciples are not, by my standard, um, meeting certain benchmarks or as on board with the mission as we kind of want them to be. Um, Graham, on the other hand, is so deeply patient and loving and gracious uh, towards our disciples and just continues to persevere through hardship as we seek to lead our region well in family and shared mission and all that good stuff. Uh, likewise, Graham is not so naturally gifted uh, in clear communication and staying on top of logistics and details um, and all the stuff that I really gravitate towards and actually enjoy. Um, so we lead through our strengths while harnessing our differences uh, to help each other grow. Uh, and ultimately, our discipleship is the richer and the better for it. Mm -hmm. As we wrap up talking about this lesson, we wanted to encourage you, uh, wherever you are, however you serve our church family or the broader kingdom of God, know that you are not doing it alone. You are co-laboring with others, those who are discipling you and even your disciples. It's not a, a solo journey. Different, your different backgrounds, your different strengths, your different weaknesses, even your disciples are different Power Rangers from you, right? <laughs> and it's our prayer, it's our hope and prayer that you see this, this reality, that uh, as, as a God-ordained gift. Um, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, and it's a blessing. And we hope that you can harness those differences to help strengthen and deepen your discipleship and leadership. 
which, of course, only you, as a unique individual, are, are positioned and called to do. We also would encourage you to seek out people who are different from you, uh, and that may be the key to unlocking your leadership, unlocking your discipleship. But how, we're kind of left with this question, how can we learn from one another, be sharpened by one another, and be united in our differences? I think the, the kind of answer is two things. Uh, the first is Christ, the cross, obviously always the, this kind of Sunday school answer. Mm -hmm. But the second is celebration. So we're going to take a, a water break here, but we want you to jump over into the chat and, uh, and post some encouraging words. Celebrate some of your disciplers or disciples. Celebrate some kind of difference they have uh, that really helps strengthen your discipleship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so while you're doing that, let the celebrations roll in. Uh, I'll move on to lesson number two. Um, own and cultivate your own spiritual authority. So I'll say that again. Own and cultivate your own spiritual authority. So you, yes, you, viewer tuning in right now, um, you have the authority to lead. So I'm going to read a verse here from 1 Peter 2, 9, which says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So believe me, I fight the imposter syndrome narrative on the daily. As a wife, as a mother, <laughs> and certainly as a regional director of one of our uh, McMaster regions. It's such a heavy burden. Uh, the mantle of leadership is great. It is profound. Do I actually have what it takes to lead? This thought crosses my mind more often than I care to admit. But ultimately, we've landed in a place that, yes, God has granted us this great honor and responsibility of leadership very intentionally because he wishes to work through us to lead people to him. <clears throat> we are his vessels, slowly learning to trust him more and more uh, with with what and who he has given us. All right. For some time, Lisa and I have deeply struggled with being leaders and being disciple makers. It is not easy. The, the one aspect that we've struggled the most with is understanding that our words, our actions, and the ways in which we choose to live our lives, they carry weight, great weight. Those three things, our words, our actions, the way we live our lives, they ultimately communicate where we put our value and our trust. The reality, thankfully, the reality is that our, our ability to make disciples does not depend on us, our strengths, our abilities, our talents. Thankfully, it depends on Christ and what he did for us and who he is. Luckily, you don't have to have read every book on leadership or have memorized the 10 best practices of highly effective functional leaders. The foundation of your leadership comes from Christ. The strength of your discipleship comes from Christ, who he is and what he did for you. You just need to say yes you just need to say yes to Jesus. And it is our prayer that you do. Mm -hmm. So really practically, we'd encourage you to consider how in, in your discipleship, your words, your actions, your choices, how do they carry weight? Not just for yourself, but for those you are leading. It may be subtle, maybe not totally obvious right away, but in our experience, everything that you do and say communicates something to those who are watching you. And your disciples are watching you. They look up to you. They want to be led. So lead. Cultivate your spiritual authority, leaning on Jesus the whole way through. 
which is a great way to segue to lesson number three. Invite your disciples into your mess. Scary, right? <laughs> Invite your disciples into your mess. As Lisa and I have continued to co-labor and co-lead together, we've realized that the messy parts of our lives, our life together, that is the best place from which to uh, teach and speak and show uh, discipleship lessons and really speak them into the lives of our disciples. But, but it's risky. It's complicated. The messy parts of our lives are messy. And so sharing them and being vulnerable is very uncomfortable and very challenging. So we pray that you, you would invite your disciples into your mess. And through that, they can see that they can draw that, sorry, that in seeing you struggle and drawing closer to God through that struggle, through that messy part of your life, they too are going to be inspired, called, and drawn closer to God. So a recent tangible example for us has been the decision to move more proximal to our church family and to the campus. This was a decision we were truly wrestling with for over a year. Um, we could have chosen to be really private and cagey about it, uh, waiting until it felt resolved or finished to then invite our church family into it. But instead, uh, we made the really intentional choice to invite our disciples and our disciplers into this wrestling and discernment process with us. We spent countless hours discussing and praying and sometimes crying out to God, uh, not knowing what to do or where God wanted to place us. Uh, we truly believe modeling this openness and vulnerability uh, and genuine need for leaning on each other uh, is really important for us as leaders um, because it demonstrates that we don't have it all figured out, uh, that we are in desperate need of a savior, uh, and that our hope is found in him alone. Mm -hmm. There's another way of kind of looking at this, this lesson, and that's kind of through our, our current cultural moment. This moment, uh, our lives are very easily um, kind of curated. That's the word I'm looking for. Very easily curated. Um, our culture actually at this moment encourages all of us to do this, to post only the most Instagram worthy photos, to make uh, the most, you know, the, the right posts that are going to get the most likes and hearts or whatever, the tweets that are going to get shared the most. The reality is that behind all of that facade is a life like any other, a life like ours that's messy and complicated. So we encourage you to invite, invite your disciples into beyond the facade, but in, in, into the genuine reality of your life. The often hidden, unresolved, messy parts of our lives those are what will deepen your discipleship. Those are what will strengthen your relationships. And those messy bits, those are what are going to cultivate healthier relationships, openness, vulnerability with one another, and ultimately inspire movement towards Christ. Okay, so our last lesson pertains specifically to marriage and parenthood. But don't tune out if this doesn't directly pertain to you uh, in your current life season. Here is out, okay? <laughs> so like marriage, like parenting, true discipleship requires a sacrificial servant heart. Okay, I'll say that again. So like marriage, like parenting, true discipleship requires a sacrificial servant heart. We believe this lesson pairs so beautifully with this past Sunday sermon, uh, the message that we received from Alex as we seek to transition out of this COVID-enforced, inwardly focused hibernation, seeking to serve others and point them to Jesus.
I mentioned earlier that Lisa and I have struggled as we ventured as co-leaders and co-laborers. Um, and this is true. And uh, one, uh, sorry, <laughs> I lost my spot in my notes. Um, discipleship and disi being discipled, as well as discipling others, uh, it is a struggle. It is a process of refinement. Both uh, discipleship, uh, being discipled and discipling others, as well as marriage, it requires the same sacrificial servant heart. As you pour your life into your disciples, it's going to require you to grow, require you to grow in your ability to sacrifice your life for them, to be a servant to them. As you continue in this long journey of discipleship, you are going to need a, a sacrificial servant heart in order to endure. You cannot cultivate a sacrificial servant heart alone. You can't, you can't go on this long discipleship journey alone. We need one another. We need one another to guide one another closer to Christ and to help cultivate a sacrificial servant heart. Hmm. A word on parenting. This is my favorite part. Um, part of why I think parenting is such a good example and metaphor for other-centered sacrificial servant leadership is that children literally can't go it alone. They're entirely dependent on their parents or their caregivers. There are things that they would never be able to do or learn um, unless they had their parent do it for them so that they could then empower them to do it themselves. What if we led our disciples that way? What if we emulated this kind of servant-hearted leadership with those to whom we are serving? This one is key. What if we anticipated needs before receiving the ask? What if we served without expectation of being acknowledged or thanked? What if we served because that's who we are in our identity as servants? Truly, if we are um, uh, truly in our in our brief foray into parenthood, uh, if if it's taught us anything, really, it's this: to love is to serve, and to serve is to love. One cannot exist without the other. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Mm -hmm. Believe me, parenting is relentless. <laughs> the burden is constant and present and seemingly ever-increasing, uh, and it is so deeply joy-filled. And so too is discipleship. Or, if it's helpful for you to think of it this way, spiritual parenthood. Uh, we pray that you may serve your spiritual children uh, with servant and sacrificial hearts, all the while being grateful and joyful to have the blessing and honor of this great privilege. Well, that's four life lessons from our journey with you, church, as co-laborers. Um, yeah, with that, we will move to Q&A, and we'll invite Alex back. Uh, get your questions in the chat, and we will be right back.
All right. Thanks so much, guys. That was awesome. Uh, really appreciate you sharing, sharing about your journey, yeah. the lessons you have learned, are learning. <laughs> and I really like the, the spiritual parenthood. I think is a really helpful metaphor for us. Yes. Looks like we got a few questions coming in here. We'll save the Power Ranger one to the end. Okay. That'll be our closing right. question. Okay. Um, I also see that Soph, I think, is asking about what was the fourth point or the four points yeah. we'll post them in the chat at the very end Sounds so good. we'll make sure that uh, yeah. you get it so got yeah. we got you <laughs> um but it looks like we got a question here okay a couple coming in so let me read this one first from tiana she says how do we know what parts of our mess to share with our disciples um what are helpful things what are unhelpful things mm. I anticipated this question, but I didn't actually think <laughs> yeah. of a response. That's a great question. I don't know. Like, my heart is telling me, like, if in order to be truly genuine with our disciples, like, I can't, nothing comes to mind where it's like, oh, that's too much to share. I think um, we need to be careful about how we share things so we're not putting undue burden, maybe, on our mm -hmm. disciples. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have yeah. some? Can you complete my thought? Sure, yeah. <laughs> I can take it from there. Um, yeah, so I think there, there is no mess in your life that should be utterly private, right? Um, I think if there is, that's cause for concern, but don't panic. Um, I think that if you have someone actively discipling you, you can go to them and say, like, hey, Alex, I have this, mm. this like, struggle, this mess in my life. I want to invite one of my disciples into it. Do, do you know that person, and do you think yep. that that would be appropriate? Um, would it be a help or a hindrance? I think that's, that's one thing. Obviously that, you know, Robin, Alex, and, and Dan wrote a book on spiritual discernment, so there's, there's also that. You Wait, Dan was a part of that? Uh, I don't know. At all? We gotta Maybe, check uh, that. We, get, we gotta, yeah. Fact check that, <laughs> fact please. Check. <laughs> <laughs> we should have like a fact check thing. That comes um, but yeah, I think like spiritual discernment is obviously a great tool to help guide like the thinking uh, and, and, and kind of, well, discernment of that. Um, yeah, for sure. I think like if it's, uh, yeah, I think general, generally speaking, I think like there's pro there probably isn't anything that would be overly a hindrance. I think we, we probably should be maybe additionally cautious when it comes to anything related to mental health or um, sexual sin or idolatry, mm -hmm. but um, just because we kind of maybe treat those not as separate, as separate distinct sins, but rather, or struggles, but rather as something that requires extra care. Mm, yeah. Um, mm. yeah, that's good. I think, I think you guys are right, and I think it's probably a more of a calibration thing than a um, this is off limits or not. Part of it probably depends a little bit, T, on um, how, like, what place the relationship you have. Like, let's say it's you to someone you're discipling. At what point, like, at what place are you just in terms of uh, trust and how well do you know each other? And I think uh, you guys touched on it, but for me, like, the helpful test is always, is this going to help the other person or is it more about me just, like, mm -hmm venting or getting it off my chest and I think if it's gonna be helpful then then yeah maybe there's probably no real mm -hmm. reason to hold it back mm -hmm. but it's it's a hard one to answer I know we all want the answer of like <laughs> this but hopefully some helpful calibration in there because mm. that's really what it's about mm -hmm. uh, sorry Dan I it's just a funny joke I love you you know that <laughs> yeah we love you Dan we love you so much we love you so much yeah we for sure do uh, and he and Dan's also adding uh, some thoughts to that question as well sweet um, and he's, and he's reiterating what you guys are saying is, is to, to be more open than we typically tend to be, mm -hmm. which I think is good. Mm. Yeah, leaning on, that side, on, that, on the side of being more open as opposed to being more cautious is probably like a good way to proceed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, so Dan also asks a question here. What was the biggest paradigm shift from thinking of discipleship as an individual pursuit uh, versus one that you do as a couple? Thinking, thinking. 
And do we get a pass card? <laughs> no, no, no? That's a good oh. it is a good question. Yeah, you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. Sure. All right. Biggest paradigm shift uh, in in moving from hey, this is something that uh, I am doing, and Lisa's kind of here to this <laughs> is something that we do together. Uh, I think the biggest paradigm shift has probably been ar- around our our strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think I I would tend to lean more towards, you know, if something, we had to tackle something um, as a couple, uh, I would tend to examine that challenge or that task or, or even that discipleship relationship uh, through the lens of who's better at this, you know, um, and then just assign it to the one person out of the two of us <laughs> who's better at it and then just you know, typically in that situation, that's really comforting for me because then I don't have to worry about it. And it's just, oh, Lisa, you're the better at this. Uh, so I can just focus on something I'm good at that I know I can uh, experience some like solid wins in. Um, but I think we've had to like uh, kind of as co-leaders like, oh, you actually need to take this so that you can get better at this. Um, Mm -hmm. and just like not be saved by the other person (laughs) Um, and just like if it flounders a bit like that's okay because that's us granting the other person the chance to grow I think that's been uh, that's been the biggest paradigm shift for me Um, especially because I've just wanted Lisa to just jump in and do the stuff I know she's good at and she won't (laughs) do it. And I want to do that too sometimes. And she wants to do it too, but we know that it's better for both of us if we both grow in our our areas of weakness. Mm. Yeah. And I think for me, like I echo everything that you said, I think for me the biggest paradigm shift has been, like, like I said in the beginning, like I viewed this ministry is like his ministry and I'm just like along for the ride (laughs) and like I'm tolerating whatever this is for however long we need to be here and then you know whatever but I think as we you know dealt or just dug in deeper to to family and and fell in love and with the mission and uh we're so inspired by it and uh, God really refined my heart to be like you know I like I have things to offer too. Like there, there are. He has equipped me in such a way um, that you know I I can be a part of this as well. And then I think once I was bought into that idea, which took some time, um, <laughs> then we then started to realize like, hey, like maybe we should just be a team here. Like maybe this is the best way to do this. And um, again, that took some time to figure out. So it seems obvious now, but it was definitely a journey. Um, And then recognizing just what our strengths are, what our challenges are, how can we kind of work together in a cohesive way? Um, So that that was kind of my my experience, but hopefully that kind of answers that. Oh yeah, I think so, that's great, yeah. Um, Tara is asking, what are your tips for anticipating needs? Mm. I think that was kind of near the end when you were talking about the spiritual parenthood. Any tips on anticipating needs? I mean, I think it probably um, stems out of just like knowing your disciples really, really well and knowing the people that you're serving. Uh, so it really just boils down to like having those really close, tight knit relationships. Um, I think in our culture, uh, even with people that, with whom we're very close, um, we just don't want to overburden others. So, you know, even if we do have a need or a struggle that we're kind of facing alone, we're less likely to reach out. Um, I think it's more common for us to just like, you know, just figure it out. Um, but I think if you know those people really well, then probably just follow your gut and your instincts and um, just say like, hey, like I'm, some, I'm sensing you're having a tough time, like can I do A, B or C? Um, that, that's kind of where my, 
mind is going. And then I think that like there's some obvious, very practical ways of blessing people um, in any sort of situation they might be in, like providing food, like let's go for a walk, like I don't know, here like you're kind of tight on finances now, like here don't here's some whatever, like don't worry about it. Like meeting practical needs, um, I think will will go a long way. Um, what do you think? Anticipating yeah. needs. Uh, I think, like, something that might be fun to try, and this is just, like, a random idea off the top of my head right now, uh, <laughs> so who knows? Um, but, you know, try it. Um, and a fun idea might be, like, just taking five minutes to sit down and think about, like, okay, my disciples, what what kind of is, what is in store for them in the next, like, six to eight months? What kind of experiences or challenges can I foresee and maybe put yourself like in their shoes like okay like you know if it if it were January we know in four months time like school is going to end we're going to transition to summer summer is a different time do, do my disciples have uh, a job lined up right. like how's their employment um, so then oh maybe we can kind of integrate conversation about like uh, being radically generous um, mm. as we transition into a, a season of uh, out of school and into employment or, um, yeah, maybe one of your disciples right now has a grandparent who's in uh, palliative care um, nearing their end of life, um, you know, foreseeable in the next six to eight months, their relative is going to pass away. They're going to have to go through a funeral, grieving with family, like, okay, how are, like, anticipate anticipating that, knowing your disciples, as Lisa said, and, and seeing that that could happen down the road in the foreseeable future how are you going to then lean into their life in that moment that's cool that's really helpful yeah, yeah. oh okay cool Think down the road thoughtful <laughs> yeah. i told you guys thoughtful guy yeah. <laughs> uh this is awesome guys so uh, morgan also is asking uh sorry i lost it here in the chat there we go practically how do we support each other in our differences and use them to produce fruit rather than strain, frustration, etc. Mm. How do we support each other in our differences? I think it kind of, again, it stems from relationship, like assuming we're all family. I think um, like specifically noting them, like, oh, like I, I notice you're like really into this or you have skill in this very niche particular area that I know nothing about. Tell me about it, like educate me perhaps not with the purpose of like being as good at that thing or, or skilling up yourself in the same way, but just to try to figure out ways with that person, how you could collaborate, how you could integrate maybe some complementary skills or interests or abilities with that person who might be just differently wired or abled or whatever. Like, I think it starts from relationship and then specifically addressing like, what are you good at? What do you like to do? I know nothing about that. I'm not interested in that. But how can we like, how can we use each other, and how can God use us to, um, to further the kingdom in some way? So I think it starts with a relationship, and then a conversation, and then like kind of working out how you can work together while also being different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, and in in that, like working together while also being different are if we're maybe a little bit honest about our sinful hearts our tendency might be to allow tension to rip us apart right and so i think the the healing bomb there the healing medicine is celebration which we kind of engaged in in the chat earlier all right um and i think that's that's a vehicle to uh, you know, it's very easy when you're different from someone to allow those differences to kind of rub you the wrong way right. and then to pull back. Well, I'll just I'll just talk to Alex a little bit less. Right. Like it's OK. Um, <laughs> but if we if we take a moment to really like celebrate those differences, like, hey, Alex, you're really great at X, Y and Z. Um, I think that that kind of brings it first to our minds. Um, like Lisa said, like, know thy disciples, <laughs> um, which is a great phrase. We should get that, like, up on the wall somewhere. Uh, t -shirt. Um, yeah, on a T-shirt. <laughs> know thy disciples. Love it. Um, and uh, I think I think it also comes from, and, like, Lisa kind of said this, but maybe and maybe I'm just saying it in different words, but kind of, like, directing and targeting. 
And like, if you know your disciple and like what they're good at as well as what they're not good at, you can kind of direct them like, hey, I think with your skills, you'd be really great at serving in on this team or in this area. I think you, you know, with your differences, I think you really need this kind of experience to help you grow in those areas of weakness. Right. Um, and I think like being able to even just have that conversation. Right. Like. Yeah hey, you're, you're good at this, and also you are not good at these things over here. And that's okay. Like, that's, that's awesome. And, like, not to, like, beat the person up, but to say, like, how I want to help you grow, use these strengths as well as grow in these areas. Mm-hmm. And so here's, here's maybe come up with a plan. Again, we're, we're vision casting for our disciples, right? Um, come up with a plan. How are, how are you going to help them grow in those areas? What challenges can you give them to help them grow or or use their good good gifts and skills. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's so great. I'm just going to give, there's one last question here right now. So, guys, if you have any more, this is your, like, you know, warning, your two-minute warning, get the buzzer beater question in. Uh, but Shane does have a, a question specifically for Lisa. Mm. And so he's asking, mm. what were some of the challenges for you as you stepped into the SCURD role, regional director role, after things have been established? And how have you or are you kind of overcoming some of those challenges? Mm. Um, well, I think I'm trying to tease it out because I stepped into this formal co-ministry when we were like in the thick of COVID. So <laughs> so it's like what what kind of COVID challenges did, right, that, did right. that pose? But then also like coming in like kind of late to the game, so to speak. Um, but I think... Yeah, I think I think I alluded to like just the imposter syndrome feeling like who am I to like like Graham's been doing this and I've been like supporting him in the background, but no nobody needs to know that or you know, like I'm fine just like doing my thing and then all of a sudden I was like, Here I am and they were like, Who are you? And uh, but anyway, just like generally just feeling like I don't have what it takes. But as Steven so eloquently said, like we all don't have what it takes. It's really Christ that works in us to empower us to do his work. So I think it's like a continual, like literally reminding myself like of that truth almost daily. Um, And then I think as that truth started to sink in, I then like drew a lot of comfort from the fact that we were in it together. Um, It's also been really amazing, I think, like. Like I said, like if there's some days where I'm really despairing or like feeling frustrated or whatever, um, it often coincides with the other being okay. And like, like, <laughs> luckily so far we haven't been despairing or in that in that place at the same time. So hopefully that continues. But um, and then I think, yeah, just the timing of when I stepped into it. Like I, I still feel very much like. I just want to like be with the people that we're leading and I just feel like kind of like it's it's changing uh slowly uh as things are opening up but it just feels like I'm kind of leading over here and like where is everyone else and like it just I just want to be with all our people (laughs) as we all do I just want to be with the people are yeah yeah yeah. so (laughs) uh, so I feel like just you know, we try things and it just doesn't feel like it always lands or is effective. And I feel like it's just because we don't have, or I specifically, perhaps coming in later, don't have the relational leverage with the people that we're leading to buy in or to be a part of what it is that we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so not to say that that's a cop out per se, but like that's just an added challenge by nature of the timing of when I yeah. kind of was added into the mix, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. Thanks. I think yeah. I think some of our yeah, I'm just gonna jump yeah, in no and add to that. I think like some at the start of our teaching, Lisa kind of recapped a bit of our journey, our kind of story here. But I think what we we left out um, was that when we when we entered into Lift Church, we kind of uh, joined in. We really had this mindset of one and done. One year in do this ministry apprenticeship, and then we're out of here. We're going to go join a real church. See you later. Oh, um, I'm so exposed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to our mess. Yeah. Um, and, like, in, in the course of that year, we realized that church is family um, and that uh, you don't break family. Um, and so here we are. We love you. 
uh, you know, open hearts. Here, here's our, our bleeding souls for you guys. Um, yeah, we love you. And like Lisa said, like, we want to be where our people are. You are our people. We want to be with you. That's awesome. So. I love that. That's so good. Um, I missed a question from Tara, so thank you, Kezia, for pointing that out. Also, I want to make sure you guys see this. Rachel says, Graham is a proud husband, hard eyes, and Lisa is a gem. Uh, there's a lot of true. love. There's a lot of love for you it's both true. in the chat. We uh, don't have enough time to say all the love. We don't. Thing, yeah. but, I um, have for Rachel too. <laughs> Adam Rudy is starting a new hashtag. <laughs> hashtag welcome to our mess. I like that. <laughs> I have a lot of T-shirt ideas. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, like yeah, at least five. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, but I don't want to miss Tara's Tara's question. And uh, this is now your this is now your overtime warning for any more questions. This has been awesome. Uh, but Tara did ask as well. How do you suggest growing in your weakness as a disciple? Um, how have you guys been able to do that? Do the things that you're weak in. Oh man, that's that's my gut reaction, and I, I say that while being like, ah, yeah, just do it. But um, I mean, truly, like I'm kind of case in point too, right? Like I never thought that I would be in this sort of leadership position within our church. Um, but I'm just like doing it because I think that that's what we need to do. That's, I think, the most effective way for us to lead. So I think just, I mean, with support too, like don't just like dive in and have no plan whatsoever. Like I think like obviously we're all being discipled by someone. We all have people around us that are skilled in maybe the areas that we are not. So, you know, be planful about it. But I think really just have a heart that is willing to be like, use me, like, hmm. let, let me try this, um, support me while I'm doing it. But like, you know, I know that I need to grow in this area. So please help me grow. Awesome. Oh, I have like such a huge long winded answer that I'm trying to just like, make it short. Um, <laughs> I think for me and my, my experience, it's come down to submission first of just like, um, having having a, a heart of submission, knowing that in submitting to the hard things, the things I'm not good at, I'm I'm submitting to Christ. There's the thing the thing behind the thing, you know, the person behind everything. Um, I think that's first. I think uh, having a plan and a support network super vital. Uh, setting a deadline, I'm conflict averse. So if I'm like, okay, I'll do the hard thing, I've already left. <laughs> All right, um, I'm gone. Um, so it's like, I'm gonna do the thing I'm not good at on Tuesday. Hmm. I'm doing it on Tuesday. And tell Just other like, people. Tell other people, <laughs> hold me accountable. You're gonna pray for me. Like, okay, um, yeah. And I think knowing the biggest piece for me is being in a church family that allows you to fail hmm. and will for, will forgive you and will have some hard words for you if you fail. If you fail. You're not guaranteed to fail. I've had to learn that. Um, but, yeah. I could go on, but I'm just going to end there. I think that's no, enough awesome. to get you started. I think that's enough to get you started. Absolutely. You guys, this has been awesome. I think... Um, just really appreciate what you guys have shared, how openly you shared, and just judging by the questions and the chat, I think it's been really, really edifying, so thank you. It was funny because before I said like, oh, I'll just read it and then I'll help answer, but then after the first question, I'm like, no, they're good. No, nobody wants to hear from me, so this is, and I don't need to say anything. I, I love Q&A. I could do this part. Like, the teaching was nerve-wracking for me, but I could do this part, like, all night. Well, there you go. This is, like, yeah. Weakness and strength. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I'll, yeah. I'll go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, see you guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's lots of love coming in, which is awesome, and really cool, too, that to some of the questions other people were also chiming in, which is mm -hmm. always Thanks. a really cool thing. So yes, yeah. I think that's all the questions for tonight, so I think we'll call it there, but... Love you guys. Thank you so much for being on. This is kicking off a few weeks where we're hearing from more skirts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. So uh, really appreciate you guys uh, being on tonight. And oh, yeah. Oh, Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Power Rangers. Okay. I was, I, you got it, Dan. You got it. Josiah. This was Josiah's question. And yes, you want. Yes. Power Rangers. Okay. So. The question of the night, which Power Ranger are you? I can't remember. Pink, maybe? Oh, She's man. good, right? Yeah. 
I don't know. It's been a long time. Yeah, I think I, I'm highly emotional. So the um, emotional one, I think, I think it's green. <laughs> I want to say it's definitely not blue. Somebody might be able to, you know, yeah. look that up and yeah. tell us. So yeah, the emotional please. one and pink question mark. Pink question is our answer. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for reminding me, Dan. That would have been really disappointing if I'd missed that. <laughs> yeah. I think it still yeah. is disappointing. Sorry about that. Which one are you? Yeah. So who who's coming up next week? Can we tease that? Uh, it's a secret. Okay, it's a secret. Got to come back next. I'm gonna Thursday. get Alex to tell me off camera. It's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun, guys. Glad to be back on the webcast after a week off last week. Uh, have a great few days, and we'll see you for all region stream, four o'clock Sunday afternoon. It's gonna be exciting. We'll see you guys then. Be blessed.